Welcome to the Scandinavian Mind Podcast, our weekly show about the intersection of lifestyle and technology. Today we are revisiting our Retail Tech Talks, a live program hosted at SIF, the Copenhagen International Fashion Fairs, a few weeks ago. We're going to listen to not one, but two panel talks featuring a group of leading fashion, retail and tech experts. The first talk is with Jens Hambori, CEO and founder of Vocast, and Rasmus Derek Schust, Corporate Manager of Environment and Social Compliance at DK Company. The second talk is with Vanessa Leporati, Chairwoman of Trade Partners Sweden and Stockholm Fashion District, and Thomas Kostad, Founder of Teco Trading in Oslo, Norway. These talks cover a range of topics, including how new technologies can help fashion retail, the need for data in the supply chain and beyond, the issue of traceability and transparency, the lack of tech knowledge at fashion brands, how brands can help their retailers tell their story better to the consumers, and the need to inspire the staff on the shop floor of retailers. I'm Conrad Olson, editor-in-chief and founder of Scandinavian Mind. And before we start, we're going to hear a few words from our brand partner to Retail Tech Talks, Impulso, a software-as-a-service that aims to create a new circular ecosystem benefiting all stakeholders in the supply chain. I bring you Victoria Linkvist, the founder and CEO of Impulso. All right, today we're going to talk about technology and the need for new technologies in the retail space. We have three speakers here, and I'm going to start with a conversation with our presenting partner, Victoria Lindquist, uh, founder and CEO of Impulso. Welcome, Victoria. Thank you, Camilla. Uh, so great to be here with you. Uh, just first of all, um, Maybe just explain what Impulso is and why you are here at SIF this year. Yes, uh, Impulso is a technical platform for the fashion industry. Uh, we see us as a game changer. We want. We very glad to be here to see all you collaborate together. The collaboration between brands and retailer are very important, and it's just what Impulso is. We want to make a better connection and transparency between brands and retailers. Today, uh, we need more data in real time to make decisions in the right way. We must follow the products. As a brand, you need to see how the products are performing at any given retailer in any given time. So we're going to talk about the need for data in the fashion industry uh, all day today, basically. Uh, uh, so, I mean, you're obviously helping brands with a, a service. Yes. But how would you define the overall purpose of this? What do you aim to achieve? We want to uh, focus on the sell-through. It's important for both the brand and the retailers. And it's also the way to minimize overproduction. 
if you can follow the sales performing in real time, you can make decisions, you can redistribute a product from one retailer to another and take care of the, the, the products who are in the market. So you don't need to produce more when one retailer make a reorder. If the product's not um, performing in Sweden, but it's performing in Denmark, redistribute the products instead of make a new production. And I understand Impulso, the people behind it, uh, is both from a sort of technical background, but also retail and fashion background. Yes, uh, if we start with me, I have a background as, uh, from the tech industry. I'm an entrepreneur from Sweden, and I have launched some companies um, before. And Impulso is a company based in Sweden, but we have an office here in Copenhagen and in other European countries. And now I work with a team with extremely... Um, they are experts from the retail and fashion industry. So we have um, with us here today, I have my, um, my colleague and co-founder, Matthias, who work with the fashion industry in Italy. And I have Jacob, our Danish uh, partner here in Copenhagen. He comes from the distributions and I have uh, Thomas who comes from Oslo and um, uh, represents a lot of Italian uh, brands. So we, we had the retail knowledge in our team and it's the reason uh, that we believe we're going to success with this tool. Uh, many companies, many tech companies have not that uh, background, but we comes from the industry and we have add tech to the knowledge. Wonderful. That was Victoria Lindqvist, founder and CEO of Impulso. Now on to our first panel of retail tech talks recorded at Stockholm International Fashion Fairs back in February 2023. This panel talk is titled how new technologies can help solve fashion retail and features Jens Hamborg, CEO and founder of Vocast, and Rasmus Stark, corporate manager of environment and social compliance at DK Company. Enjoy. Moving on now to our panel, I want to welcome uh, Two brilliant guys. Uh, Jens, you're the CEO and founder of Vocast, and you have a lot of clients here at SIF uh, today. I welcome also Rasmus uh, Stark-Just, Corporate Manager of Environment and Social Compliance at DK Company. Welcome, guys. Thank you. All right, we're going to continue this conversation about the need for new technologies, uh, the need for data. It's a big topic. A lot of people talking about it in the industry. Um, Jens, I'm going to start with you. Um, you, when you describe your company, you talk about that you're more kind of design people than tech people, but you deliver a tech service. How do you see that balance uh, in the fashion industry? Uh, well, first off, I'm actually not the CEO, uh, but I, I have a really cool CEO that runs the company so I can run around and do stuff like this. And he's my partner through 15 years. Anyway. Mm -hmm. So but that's the small thing. I don't, just don't want to take credit. Anyway, uh, 
we offer a tech service, but we originate from design and from fashion, and our our hearts kind of belong with that industry. Uh, I grew up with graphic uh, designers, art directors, and parents, and so our purpose and our project is to empower uh, small, unique brands that does great, more sustainable, unique, original design that contributes to uh, you know uh, the society, right. uh, whether it be fashionable or sustainable, and so. With everything we do when we get out of bed in the morning, is we say, how do we empower those guys? So, so we have a very strong, strong value around design and fashion. Uh, but tech is how we we kind of uh, deploy yeah. our project. And talk a little bit more about the service. What is it you actually do for for the brands, and how do you help them? Well, well, we we've been struggling to explain that short for for some years. But but basically, if we step a, a step back, what we do originates around content and making a brand known. Right. And if we if we go back to when I was a young guy, 20 years ago, new journalist working in the PR, what you would do if you wanted to get a brand known was you would get in a, in a country like Sweden or Denmark, you get five people in the room, five mm. editors mm. like you and like other people. My wife used to be that. And, you know, if you if you gave them a message tomorrow, the whole of Sweden would know that. The tricky thing with uh, Internet and social media is it's basically, uh, you know, destroying the publishing industry. And uh, and and making like traditional uh, printed publications uh, having less reach, uh, so media consumption went to all these you know influencers and, and everyone else has a reach today, right? Which is actually good. It's kind of a democratization, but it's really tricky as a small Scandinavian brand to reach a global audience mm. because either you have to wine and dine like a million people, which is expensive, or you have to choose a service like ours that kind of automates that whole thing. Yeah. Um, to get your the message out basically yeah and your your service does you automate some of that process and you, so you have both like a, a network of of, free, uh, of, uh, of influencers and journalists and so forth you have those contacts but you also have a distribution service for the, the well, content right well we basically again looking on how to empower these guys so what do you need to get your message out okay yeah. you, the first off you need to have all your content that people already produce you need to have it available in a nice visual efficient way yeah. so Dropbox didn't really cut it. So we have a, a component on the website that's like a digital showroom. Then you need to distribute. So you mm. need email, but, but consumer email marketing didn't cut it because ours has a higher demand for visualization, for transporting heavy files and, and all the content. Mm. And then of course, if you don't know people, what do you do? Mm. So we have a small army of like 25 people and all they do is find important people like you and, and other people with reach, editors, influencers, stylists, retailers um, and get their email addresses, phone numbers, mm. reach, and lots of information and, uh, and consent to reach out to them. So our clients actually plug into a more or less global network right. of all the people that can make them famous. And then it's up to them to do something intelligent about that. I want to get back to how you see the, the fashion industry and, and some of the challenges, but I want to bring in Rasmus here. Uh, Rasmus, you have a fairly new uh, role at the DK Company. Maybe you could briefly talk. I mean, I think mo many people know what DK Company is. It's one of the biggest uh, sort of uh, uh, fashion players in Denmark and in the Nordics. But talk about DK Company and your role there. Yeah, for sure. And, and to start off, I, I think I'll, I would like to say that I think our worlds are actually quite far from each other. But again, I also believe that I think that, that maybe your solutions is actually what we need because yeah. I'm working at, at, at DK Happy Company. Happy to bring you guys together here, yeah, live yeah. on stage. <laughs> Thank you. Um, um, at, at DK Company, which, it, which, which is a, f a group of uh, more than 20 fashion brands, um, I'm working in the corporate sustainability department and 
um, trying to align our sustainability uh, work across uh, these uh, more than 20 brands. And that, that's a challenge, and especially because right now the, re the requirements and the legislation, especially within European Union, is, is really, I mean, the requirements are just racing and racing. And um, one of the things our brands, from a brand perspective, what they would like to do is to tell more about the stories that they are, they are working on, the small things, the bigger things, their brand identity and a lot of them would like to also um, uh, try to have this more sustainable perspective on that right and to do that uh, right now it really requires data uh, and that requires that that we as a company um, gets to know actually gets to know our business even better gets to know our products even better gets to know our supply chain even better know what what kind of materials do our products actually consist of? Mm. And how do we document this, that that's also what they actually consist of? Um, because otherwise we cannot make these claims. We cannot tell about organic cotton. We cannot tell about recycled materials and fibers if we're not able to document these things. And that's, we see that from, uh, from the legislation, but we really also see this from our bigger B2B uh, customers like the, the um, like especially Zalando Boost and these, uh, these uh, kind of, e-commerces um, because they need to explain this these things to the consumers and as for for us they also need the documentation to be able to do that so um, and the challenging part is to actually start understanding these things better because yeah. receiving this this data from the supply chain on our products take a jacket for example there's a main fabric or outer fabric there's lining, there's uh, padding, filling, zippers, buttons, and so on. And and the the textile products are just so complex. And collecting this data and make validating the data is, is so difficult. Um, but that's something that we as brands have to do if we want to tell about it. And this is something, I mean, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is because you are smack in the middle of this situation where fashion brands need to deal with data in a whole new way. And mm. if you look at the industry, the way I see it at least, they're not really used to doing this. Uh, it's a it's kind of a new thing. Um, what's your experience coming into, I mean, <coughs> as you mentioned, DK Company, uh, you have uh, uh, 20 plus brands, and I'm sure you can sort of uh, work across those and help uh, several of them and, and put up uh, uh, different processes that works for all of them. Mm. But what is the maturity when it comes to tackling data in the um, fashion industry. I mean, uh, to be honest, we're not mature at all. Um, and that's actually, um, I actually think that's kind of an industry problem. Right. Because we have not been used as an industry to provide this data. We have been used to providing a composition for the main fabric or something like that. But we have not been used to actually understanding what is inside our products. Also, when we look at the legislation, we also need to understand what chemicals is in our products. Mm. What is the durability, recyclability, and so on. Because that's something we have to provide to the consumers in the future. For the consumers, but also the recyclers that has to take in these products at the end. And make sure that we can use it for something else and, and for some new products. So, and all these things also, I believe, all the things that you are trying to communicate uh, actually relies on our ability to collect these data and understand our products, understand our value chain. Uh, we talk about also traceability and transparency, which will be also an important, important part, also for the consumers to understand how is this product made. But that really takes also a lot of um, 
a lot of work to understand these complex supply chains. Yeah. Uh, We're going to talk more uh, about uh, this issue with EU later this afternoon as well with, with, uh, with Fredrik from Infoturum. But, you know, a couple of things that are happening on the EU level, the way I've understood it, is both an increased um, demand in terms of traceability and transparency. You have to be able to explain where your products are coming from. Mm. The other is related to communication. So you can't make certain claims, yeah. uh, which is kind of the last few years has been kind of widely People use, you know, words like circular and, and green and responsible in ways that it, there's no really consensus to how to use them. And there are things coming out of the EU that's supposed to kind of establish this. Mm. This is the way I've understood it at least. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's... Um, I mean, right now, uh, looking at the industry, I think actually we, everyone is kind of afraid to basically say anything because we see this example of uh, some of the big uh, big companies getting uh, fines and uh, and so on for for claiming something that they maybe cannot uh, actually document. Yeah. Um, so right now we are trying to find some kind of balance in this. Uh, what is actually needed to be able to claim these things and from an from a European's perspective, it relies on, on, on data and the data we, we are able to provide. Um, so I think there's a big challenge for, for brands and, and I think brands that really understands their products, understands how, how to uh, document these products using the, the, um, the different certifications um, to make sure that we can show transparency, show uh, sustainability and show how our, the materials that we have chosen are actually better than, than than the conventional ones, uh, they will uh, they will stand stronger going forward. Right. Also, when we have to, we're going to communicate about it. So Jens, going back to your end of the spectrum, sort of the communication part. Uh, once the products <laughs> are there and you need to push them out into the world, Rasmus says uh, that the maturity is very low among fashion brands when it comes to understanding mm -hmm. tech. Is that your the same understanding, or what, what? What's your view on it? Well, it sounds like people are doing an effort, and I, I really think they they are. Uh, you know, we work. A lot with small companies, but mm. we also have uh, all the way up to I think Versace's uh, Rituals uh, on Global Uniqlo. So we do have right. that kind of players as well using our platform. But the thing is, the majority of, of fashion clients in this region are really small companies yeah. if you compare to other sectors. Mm. It's like a handful of people, yeah. and and the, the the distribution is outsourced and the production is outsourced. So it's it's a marketing group, uh, basically, right? So how do you how do you crunch out that knowledge? Mm. Uh, you know. Many of the small companies we have, of course, they try to be transparent with, this is what we do. Mm. Like, this is how we source, they have videos, they have documentation on to basically lay out, this is how we do it. Uh, and of course, I think most people are waiting for, you know, stronger certifications uh, because, you know, I have, there's all these stories going around, you know, teenagers buying H&M um, &M, uh, Conscious because it's, you can just use it one evening and throw it out because right. it's the Conscious right. collection, so it doesn't right. matter. So there's, there's a lot of, you know, communicating to be done with mm. the consumers. But of course, our position is between the retailer uh, and the brand and between the, the journalist and the brand yeah. to make sure that the partners communicate the right thing. So typically we come in and they try to make it in like in our <coughs> platform. So it's it's easy, it's graphical, it's it's all these things we, because it's so complex, yeah. you know. It is. Uh, but, it, but it's your sense that the fashion brands do want to change and they do want to do good. I, I know this great guy in fashion. I'm not going to name him today, but okay. he said, if you want to be sustainable, don't do fashion. <laughs> well, <sorry. it's> <laughs> it just came out of my mouth. I'm sorry. It, but well, but, it's, but it's, I think everyone really wants to do sustainable. Yeah. And, but you're always going to 
affect the environment when you produce stuff. So how do we do it as good as possible, mm. right? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe yeah. you have you probably have a more you know thought through answer on that. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm, of course, you, you're right. There's nothing that is sustainable. And that's also why this word is something that we, we have to stop using yeah. when we talk about textile and fashion. But we, as you said, we, are, we have an obligation, obligation and yeah. responsibility to keep on pushing uh, forward and keep on um, trying to always do better. Yeah. And that's what we try to do. And it's very complex. It's very difficult. But that, that's the responsibility we have as, as a big company, as also mm. as a SDK company. Mm. Um, for me, it's also like, you know, ever since native people put feathers in their hair, like thousands of years ago, and started communicating in a visual way together, mm. you know, you, you cannot stop that thing. It's a basic thing. So the urge to go out and buy stuff is a very strong urge. And so I, I think for me, it's on legislators yeah. to, to make stronger legislation, mm, yeah. because, you know, as a, as a corporate company, you will, of course, operate, you know, with some limitation out to the yeah. to the limit of the law, mm. otherwise you're not, you know. Uh, so yeah. it, it, for me, it's all about legislation and, of course, certification. We, so it becomes. Yeah, you know, we need that level playing field because right yeah. now it's the wild west uh, yes. out there, and basically, uh, um, I mean, the communication is uh, here and there, and no one really looks into it. So mm. that's why right now there's no, um, unless you're H and M and Salando and someone that is really looked after, yeah. you will not. Yeah. Rasmus, I want, um, unfortunately, we have to. Uh, this is a big topic. We can solve it in 20 minutes. Uh, uh, but I want to bring in some 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 uh, insights here at the end. Uh, Rasmus, you talked about the need for data uh, and so forth. Uh, what types of uh, perhaps tools or um, uh, things are you looking for to help you in in, mm. in your work? I mean, you have a massive challenge now yeah. with, uh, with with regards yeah. to what's happening in the EU and so forth. Is yeah. there anything you're missing in the? In I mean, the again, from, from from my perspective, it's maybe more about the data gathering regarding the products right. and our supply chain and so on. But again, also, uh, we need more. Uh, Digitized, digitized solutions for documenting the different things. Right now, the certifications that are widely used for, for documenting these things are based on papers and uh, physical documents that we need to check and make sure. And I mean, it's such an administrative burden for the brands. Yeah. So we need tools to make sure that this, uh, these claims can be validated quickly also. So, so, so when we are going to communicate about it and show this, everyone knows, okay, this is correct. Mm. Yeah. I think that's... Guys, I feel like if we could talk forever, we have to wrap it up here. Uh, thank you so much for sharing your insights. Uh, I will be back uh, on this stage at 12 o'clock with more speakers, and we have another session at 3 uh, today. But uh, for this session, Jens, uh, um, Rasmus, a round of applause for the guys. Thank you, Connor. Thank you. Thank you. Alright, that was Jens and Rasmus at the first panel of Retail Tech Talks. Now on to the second panel, titled How Brands and Retailers Can Work Together for a Better Customer Experience. On this panel we have two leading voices, Vanessa Leporati, the Chairwoman of Trade Partner Sweden and Stockholm Fashion District, and Thomas Kostad, founder of Teco Trading in Oslo, Norway. Enjoy. All right, today we're going to talk about how brands and retailers can work together for a better customer experience. And I'm glad to be joined by Vanessa Leporati, chairwoman of Trade Partner Sweden and Stockholm Fashion District. 
and Thomas Kostad, founder of Teco Trading in Oslo. Guys, thank you so much for being here. Vanessa, I'm going to start with you. Um, you have, uh, aside from your, your working with the trade partners, you have many hats. You are also working with the industry, helping brands and retailers, specifically with the customer experience. So how would you describe the biggest challenges today when it comes to retail and the connection with the, with the customer and the consumer? Yeah. Now we're talking about physical retail. Uh, so um, the biggest challenge today is to find the, the right people, of course. Uh, it's hard work, mm. isn't it? Being a retailer, long hours, uh, you don't get to sit down a lot. You have to meet uh, different kind of people all the time. And uh, so that's number one, to make uh, the fashion industry, the retail fashion industry important and interesting. The second part, of course, is all about um, making the people that work with us understand the product, understand uh, the brand, and also focus, really focus on the uh, consumer. So the focus is sometimes uh, somewhere else. Right, right. Yeah, there, there has actually been a report, we talked just previously here about the report coming out in Sweden about, uh, um, you know, the, the numbers are going down in terms of uh, how the consumer is approached by the yeah. staff out there. Uh, are they getting approached by staff? Are they getting help? Are, are, is the staff asking questions and so on? Um, we're going to deep dive into this. I want to bring um, you, Thomas, into this. You are here representing several international uh, high-end fashion brands. Um, can you describe uh, briefly what you do with Teco Trading and who you represent? Yeah, uh, my name is Thomas Kostad. I'm founder of the company Teco Trading, which is based in uh, Oslo with a showroom. Uh, we are covering the whole Scandinavian market as a distrib distribution partner for mostly we have we have uh, specialized ourselves into Italian brands. Uh, and mostly for men. Today I work, uh, I'm the responsible for uh, Jacob Cohen, uh, which is a luxury high-end uh, denim brand. Uh, we do uh, Lardini, uh, and we also are uh, representing an outerwear brand called Morir. Uh, we also have launched uh, the good old uh, brand from the 80s, for those of you who remember, remember the 80s. It's named Poland Shark. And I'm also representing a, a Norwegian company, actually, which is a little bit beside of uh, our core business, but a headwear uh, company called Varsity. So, and also today, this season, we're also launching a new uh, cashmere collection from Bramani. So, uh, basically what we're doing. Yeah. I want to ask you, because you, you, you run your own shops as well, so you have some experience directly with retail, but I want to bring in your perspective because you represent brands, you need these brands' stories, uh, you know, a lot of the brands you represent have yeah. strong heritage, yeah. have a strong connection uh, where they're coming from, there's family stories, etc. Yeah. How do you uh, communicate these stories to the end consumer through the, the individual retailers? What are some of the challenges there? Yeah, the challenge is the, uh, the, the lack of information. I mean, we can have a beautiful showroom. We are sitting in Milano, the best showroom, uh, fantastic building in Oslo. But it's always a challenge to reach out to the people on the floor, the sales staff, and also the consumer, the end consumer. And all of the brands we have have a DNA. There is a family heritage. There's, uh, some of them are second, third generation. There's a lot of things to talk about, which I think is one of the reasons why we choose these brands. Uh, 
So this is a challenge today. I mean, we have to go physically. We do a lot of staff training, uh, follow up the clients as, as much as possible, try to make a structure out of this. Because today I'm having around 150 active doors. So it's a little bit challenged to be able to do all the physical meetings. Mm. Uh, and I see that the result of this meeting is enormous. I mean, it's amazing. I just had a sales competition going on in Oslo with a big, some clients of mine that sold 200 pair of jeans in, in four weeks in a very high price level because we did some campaigns, activities. So it's a challenge today. So um, here is a lot of things to be done, uh, we believe, right. tech-wise. Vanessa, when you speak to brands, can you recognize the situation? What are they looking for and what are some of the pain points and frustrations? I think uh, number one is to remember that uh, uh, the sales stuff, I mean, now I'm talking about the wholesale side, uh, needs to be um, very aware of the storytelling and all of uh, those things that they need to take further to the buyers and from there to the people that are working right. on the floor. Uh, the biggest pro issue is actually that uh, there's also a lot of proudness in that. So if if it starts wrong from the wholesale side and you don't tell that, then it's just pair of jeans or it's just something you know like in general. Mm. So it's very important that uh, it's told, but it needs to be told in a short, in a nice pitch and also visualized. You know, everything that we can visualize, we remember better. So it's all about making it easy to go through the whole line. So I think that the material that's made, it's important, but also to just make it more concrete, because sometimes we talk so much, we are so good and everything is so nice. But can we just say it in a few words? What do we do and what do we want? It's all about authenticity today to just tell what we're doing. Yeah. So well, I think most of the research yeah. that comes out on the consumer is that the consumer today, they're not just buying a product. They're buying the brand. They're buying the story behind the brand. They're buying the values that the brand inherit. Uh, and this is getting increasingly more and more uh, important, uh, especially down in the younger uh, generations. Um, Thomas, with some of these brands that you represent, I mean, they have some of them have a long history. There's a lot of storytelling yeah, to be made. Of, what do you make of what Vanessa says about you need you need a strong short pitch for for each brand where there is like tons of storytelling to to be uh, t told? Yeah, first of all, I feel when I come out meet uh, the, the the staff from the floor, they're eager for information, product information. I mean, I'm I'm in a level with I mean, I, I sell jeans. 35,000 pair of jeans for the price level for uh, 450, 500 euro. And I mean, you need to know what you're selling. Uh, and of course, there's a challenge. I mean, uh, how much are you going to tell? Uh, they have to remind everything. So I, uh, I think uh, for us, it's important that we also have something stated, written in piece of paper that we send out digitally after we have our sessions so they can, you know, catch up with the information and so on. So uh, trying to, to, of course, shorten down as much as possible the information, but it's, uh, it's a little bit about the interests of the staff. I mm. mean, they can read whatever. I mean, we have a lot of stories going on, so it's all about how, how much you remember. This is a challenge. And of course, when I meet my clients, I have 48% of my turnover is, is, is a tier one client. So they're buying the whole concept. So when I have one day in NK Stockholm, 
I have to talk about five brands. That's a little bit challenged. <laughs> so that's why we are trying to, you know, separate it. And so it is, it's a lot of information. So well, I think it's, it's interesting to uh, st stick on this for, for a moment. And I know the, some of the work that you do is very hands-on. Yeah. And this is kind of rare in the industry, I have learned. Um, I mean, you obviously have, you must have hundreds of, of, uh, of retailers out there that you serve. But for some of the most important ones, you actually send your staff out there or you go out there yourself. Uh, you, you know, you, yeah. you have them stay on in the evening, give them some drinks and yeah. just really try to get a session out of sure. explaining the, the brands. So now I'm uh, in the middle of sales season, like everybody here. Uh, I'm in the same time I'm, I'm, I'm collecting orders. We are booking appointments just off the deadlines. We are, you know, running around to have these kind of sessions where we we are able to meet and we make a social thing out of it. I mean, just don't make it too much, but a little bit pizza or some wine, a beer, just to have a good feeling, uh, good atmosphere. And uh, they are dying for these kind of happenings. I mean, the stuff and I, they're looking really forward to it. And uh, it's a super, I mean, the, the crazy thing is I can see the turnover from my brands two weeks after I've been there is 45, 50% increased. Wow. And that's giving me a little bit i'm turning into be a little bit paranoia constructive paranoia because i see i have to do this all the time and this is also a challenge i challenge also the management of the stores but i think they also have to step up a little bit so because one thing is that we are suppliers but they also i'm, I'm giving them also all this information so they are able to spread the words to teach them and and, and make it's a little bit what you do it you know for yourself you say the people today, it's hard to find right people, but there is also our obligation to motivate the people on the staff, you know, the floor and give them the opportunity to learn, share with the information because fine with you guys, the buyers, that's fine, but it doesn't matter for me. I'm, I'm dealing with the 12, 15 salespeople. This is my core business. They have to be, uh, they have to understand, know the product, know what they're selling. So. Mm. Yeah. Do we, uh, Vanessa, do we need to kind of upvote the 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 role here a little bit i think the the role of the 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 staff on the shop floor yeah. if we're seeing these numbers from the the uh, the reports coming out that the engagement is going down among the staff isn't there some kind of systemic shift that needs to be in place or what's what's really wrong here i think i have many many years on the shop floor and and i know exactly what happens i mean the day is long so, but it's all about, I, I love what you're doing because um, this is psychology, you know, it's like having a relationship with your family or with your partner. And uh, if we talk about uh, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, this is what you're doing, you know, people that we relate to in order to, uh, to make them want to stay with us and grow with us, they need first of all to be to feel safe, safe about, okay, we make business and you're a good guy and you have good products and you tell me about them and I feel safe. And then number two, I need to feel that you really want to be together and belonging together with me. So when I am your customer, then you don't just, you know, sell things to me. You need to take care of me. So this is one of the psychology letters that are important and then the next step is actually that we all have a big ego so also no matter what you're doing uh, in a business but 
if you in this case are working the floor, you need to feel that you're doing well, that you chose the right place to be and therefore you need to be empowered by new information, by learning, by knowing that you are a part of a bigger a thing. So I, what I normally teach is that everybody and uh, in, in, in a company and also primarily uh, as a salesperson on the floor, you actually are the one that are making the company grow. Right. But nobody can be without. I mean, a supplier cannot live without uh, a shop, but the shop cannot live without a supplier. And nobody can live without the consumer. So it's all about relationship and it's all, it's all about also um, developing together. So learning new things, you know, it's like in a normal relationship, whenever it gets very uninteresting, you don't do anything together anymore, you don't learn new things, what happens? I think we've all been there. You start to look after something else. And that's also about, of course, about fashion brands. There are fantastic brands, but you need to engage. So I think really, I, I love to hear how you work. Yeah. But how, can I stick on that for a second? Because how does this message land? Because you are out there uh, kind of preaching this. It's very yeah. engaging. I, yeah. I get drawn into it. Can it be turned into action? What, what are some of the actionable steps that then you can, once you have this insight that you just delivered? Yeah, but for example, uh, the statistics you're talking about, uh, I give you just one, one figure. Every year, every year they come out with the statistics that one of the problems in the resale business is that only 50% uh, gets a high. That means that it's, it's only 50% of all the salespeople, 50% of all the consumers that gets a hello. Imagine, bring it to your home, imagine, me and Thomas, we invite you, uh, we invite you we, at our place, we have dinner, and I say hello to you, but he doesn't, because right. maybe we're too pushy if he does. You understand what happens? Then you will think Thomas is arrogant or Vanessa is dominant, wouldn't you? I mean, it's like, why doesn't he say hi? So there are small, small tricks. And I tell you one thing, in order to be successful today, you need to look at the figures. There are so many figures out there because you need to go high where everybody else goes low. And the figures are there. So it's all about looking at them and saying, okay, everybody at our place it says hello to everybody, like as if it was our home. Everybody is interested in the customer and customer focused. And everybody is making upsell because upsell is like when we have somebody for dinner. Right. We don't just say, okay, have you eaten your, your, your food? And then we take the plate. No, we say, do you want something more? Do you want dessert? Do you want some more wine? The upsell is there. And then we know that they will not go to McDonald's afterwards. But when we work within retail, we'll let them go to another place because the need was there. They did not enter our place to buy milk. We don't sell milk in the fashion industry. That's a great, so, great yes. analogy here. Uh, I definitely think the, the, the worst uh, situation for we have a dinner if people go to McDonald's afterwards. Very bad. <laughs> you don't want that. Uh, uh, Thomas, do you, um, are these messages that you uh, provide to your retailers as well? I mean, we talked about storytelling when it comes to the brands before, but this is also like, how should you interact as a salesperson? I think it's uh, important to uh, start to get a kind of a dialogue with people who's coming in. 
I think the worst thing you can ask a person is, do you need help? Does it look like I need help? I'm fine. I'm healthy. I'm okay. That's not why I'm here. So it's, I'm talking, I also have my store and I said, try to open up a kind of a dialogue where they, you know, share some information and ask them how you, what's bringing you here? Did you, did you know about us or do you know about the brand or... So I'm working with uh, men mostly, which is very simple because the men, all men love to talk about how many Jacob Cohen jeans they have. So I ask, said to my girls, ask them how many jeans they have. And then they start, <laughs> well, you know, I have 15, 20 from, yeah, that's fine because then you have to buy more. So it's engaging. I mean, it's a little bit, if that's your answer to your question, I'm not sure. But, but I, I, my focus today is we have a, a supply chain which I feel doesn't work. I mean, I'm sitting in the most beautiful showrooms in Milano and Oslo. I meet you guys, the buyers. Uh, my concern, what happens when you have uh, one silly box from these beautiful cashmere sweaters or jeans entering a store in uh, Lyngby or uh, a city outside uh, Stockholm or Oslo? That's, that's where the war starts, you know what I mean? Because in the bottom line is what's the result how much did you sell did you actually sell it this is my concern and this uh, supply chain today is very separate uh, i cannot get in touch with these people i can meet them physically but when you have 150 polar shark do you have 2000 retailers my brand jacob Cohn has 1500 retailers you can imagine so this is something which that has to be done. I mean, how can we communicate better? You guys are sitting on your uh, store systems, which is fantastic, inventory system. I'm sitting with my CRM systems, fantastic. Doesn't speak to each other. I have to run around, collect information, data, data, which is old, mm. not sexy at all. I mean, when I receive all this data, it's old data. So I need more data from you guys. I need to know what's happening now. I need to know what's going on in the market. I need to be able to push, swap, because everything is about sell-through. I mean, I can have the most beautiful brands in the world. Doesn't matter if you don't, if you guys don't sell it. Doesn't matter. And we've talked a lot about data here today. We had uh, obviously Victoria, uh, founder of Impulso, was here earlier talking about uh, some services they are doing, uh, on, on, expect, is, is in this field. Um, Vanessa is. You know, the need for data or new tools, is that something that comes up? Uh, I'm thinking about your role here and perhaps uh, as trade, uh, with trade partners. Do we need new tools to make brands and retailers interact more? I think it's a difficult market at the moment. There are so many tools, so it's more about, uh, I mean, to make it more clear for uh, the, uh, I mean, wholesale uh, line and for the retail line, can they speak together so that so that it gets to, as you say, not old information? That's number one because, as you say, without sell-through, it's it's not we cannot work because we need to earn money on all the different stages. Uh, I mean, we need to, and that's also why we need to be sort of authentic also with the consumer. Yes, we want to sell something. We have a cashier here, but we want to do good business. We want to do sustainable business, but we want to sell the whole way. I don't know if we need new technology. There's so much new technology coming up. We need to know which technology is right for us. So if I could advise all the new ideas that 
technology ideas that come up now is to be more clear about because I mean only me I get like 10 calls a day oh you should buy this or can you connect me with this company or can you I mean it's as chaotic as for the consumer when they enter a shop and it's like thousands of messages mm. about what we do so that's also something to learn that we need to be more clear when we work in all the different segments actually i think so it's very it's it's a difficult question so i would say we need more right technology but in combination with more right relationships do never forget it's a win-win relationship between the wholesale between the and the retailer and between the retailer and the consumer and that's our ground and we need that in combination technology is fantastic if it works together with a good relationship technology by itself yeah i mean you see these reports every year it's the same. So right. we don't know anything about it. So you here today, you go home, you read the data and you do something about it. And then your sell through will rise because we have the data today. We cannot say we don't. We need better technology. We need better relationships. I think that's a great way to end this. Thank you so much, Vanessa and Thomas, for sharing your insight. Give them a round of applause. Thank you. Right, that was Thomas Kostad and Vanessa Leporati from Retail Tech Talks, recorded at the Copenhagen International Fashion Fairs early February. We'll be back next week with an interview with Fredrik Larsen, the founder of Infuturum, also recorded at Retail Tech Talks. Don't forget to sign up to our newsletter. Visit scandinaviamind.com newsletter not to miss out on any upcoming talks and events. Till next week, goodbye.